0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, just like welcome back, hotter to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Oh, wow, what a interesting turn of events in the political process for the primary, the Democratic primary 2020. Uh, we're going to kick it off there, also provide some updates on the... Um, epidemic, growing epidemic of the coronavirus, and look into some things uh, that is affecting the kind of the ripple effect from it, and the possibility of a payroll tax being ended, at least temporarily, uh, from the White House. Stay tuned for another episode. Joe Biden wins Super Tuesday. I mean, Joe's looking like the heavyweight champ Ali out here uh, racked up Michigan Mississippi and Missouri and is just uh, extending his delegate lead over Sanders uh, it looks like they won't go into a broker's convention it's just going to be a flat out win uh, my suggestion and I said this because Sanders is technically registered as an independent not as a democrat anyway for Sanders to drop out and be that third party candidate and therefore you can begin the national campaign um You know, process, but Joe has won uh, this coming or this past primary Tuesday. um, Is looking like he is about to receive 350 delegates, uh, which is the fourth largest day on the primary calendar for Democratic candidates. According to the NBC News exit poll, Democratic primary voters in 2020 have two. Value or have value to uh, quality candidates the ability to bring and these are the factors the ability to bring about needed change and the ability to unite the country. I think the latter being greater than the former, obviously with the results of Joe um, when deciding how to vote one third have each looked for someone who can bring about change for someone who can unite the country so it's about an even split there. The NBC News expose also finds that there's a difference of opinion across the four largest states voting today. Uh, Biden's campaign has hoped to mark uh, the primary with a big rally in Cleveland. So, like I said, uh, saw this one coming. Uh, I really believed, you know, Biden was going to pick up Missouri, this more of a centrist-leaning state. Mississippi, obviously, being a conservative, so to pick up the Democrats down there, you know, that was going to go to Biden. And then Michigan is... Michigan is a is a hybrid. is is not what I would call neoliberal or purple by any means. It is blue with red undertakings. So I, that was just a foreseen conclusion or or, or uh, yeah foregone conclusion uh, that Biden was going to basically be the the winner uh, in that primary contest. So I think the next steps is after the seventeenth. So next week. When you know, like Illinois votes, I think the Sanders camp, if they do not pick up any states and if they get demolished again for the second, third straight week, uh, the focus has to be what do we do, right? Do we just fold in and throw our support behind Joe, or do we run as that third party candidate and keep the party going? And that's a real question. I don't think there's a logical answer to that. I think. Uh, Sanders is started to understand that the machine, the democratic caucus has never viewed him as a true democratic candidate. He has been, um uh, over glossed with democratic sentiment because, uh, he is left on the left wing and all the, the, what one might call the radical side of the left wing. Uh, but the backing is not there. The delegates are not throwing their support. I I saw that Andrew Yang threw his support behind Joe Biden, which was interesting. I would think that Andrew Yang uh, would throw his support more toward a uh, prospect like Bernie Sanders. But it might have just been a political move to basically um, have some type of leadership role within the cabinet or within a Biden administration. So it it seems like the country, quote unquote, has spoken. I think Sanders, if he's really going to be this revolutionary uh, and really... Fight for the policies that he believes are need to be fought for, and continue the the fight uh, against incremental change, against gradualism, and really take a hard shift in country focus. He needs to become the Ross Perot of the left and decide that it's now or never, and to really you know stick to his um, his laurels. So you know that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting after. Um, the primary on the 17th, I'm expecting basically a a decision uh, to be made. I'm not expecting Sanders to just withdraw and support. I'm expecting Sanders to do something radical if he draws in support. And then basically that will be kind of the end of the candidacy. And then not political life, but after that, it's just like, okay, where do you go, right? So, uh, you know, I'm really eager to see what next week's primary results are going to turn out. Uh, but it will be an interesting one. Uh, Update on the coronavirus. As of uh, this week, earlier on this week, March 10th, uh, turbulent trading has continued to roll across uh, Wall Street. Anxieties over the coronavirus have uh, failed to subsidize with an increase in U.S. deaths. And New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is ratcheting up protective measures in his state. Cuomo has deployed the National Guard troops To a health department command post in New Rochelle, a suburb of New York City, where health officials have reported at least 108 cases of COVID-19 in that area. While there have been no reported deaths in New York, neighboring New Jersey announced its first one, a man in his 60s in Bergen County. I think the obviously there's a two folded response. The first thing is the disease is real. We need to be prepared, precautionary methods need to take place, and it's almost like we're a step behind for whatever reason. The focus has to be on vaccination and preventative measures and cure the cure itself. So that's one. You have the health aspect of it. The second thing is how it's affecting business. Obviously, uh, some employers are employing policies that you know employees can work from home, work remotely, not have to come in. Some are actually creating uh, breaks right sabbaticals right basically until this thing kind of dissipates um and it affects commerce obviously if you don't if you don't want or the spreading of this really happens in large arenas where there's masses of people where where do masses of people usually flock to sporting events so that affects the sporting industry retails that affects the shopping industry groceries which is retail again uh it affects food industry uh so the day-to-day institutions Uh, that are so essential in our lives are being dramatically impacted. Schools, think about it, your grade schools, your high school, your colleges, masses amounts of people all gathered together that this thing could spread very rapidly. Mm -hmm. So uh, not having these things accessible and closing them down is going to affect commerce. From that, therefore, you get the rollout or the negative effect on the stock market. I think Trump's focus is to somehow not lose the competitive edge and the the gaining of the stock market by lowering interest rates, uh, trying to implement this new you know employer uh, basically subsidy that they don't have to pay. Uh, payroll tax, I think, for this quarter, for this month, uh, and all these measures to kind of offstay this, but the damage has already been done. And I think we're just now seeing the fallout. Uh, my hope is that oh, the government takes a serious look into preventative measures and curing and really throwing their resources and energy and strategy behind finding a cure these uh cases are out there the u.s is gaining more and more cases it is a global epidemic it's not just a you know uh, i think it started in uh china and then it spread kind of throughout the neighboring countries and then now you you kind of had the epidemic in italy but now you're seeing more and more u.s cases and then people dying as a result of that now i i think the focus for the individual is to take the necessary steps to prevent this but also to have a general consensus with their job with their community and with their inner uh circles their their surroundings uh where they cohabitate right uh, because that's going to be kind of how things are going to play out i don't think this is the y2k let's you know stock up or or You know, get non-perishable goods and bottles of water and, you know, you know, barricade ourselves inside and becomes like the living dead. I don't believe that at all. I do believe, though, um, that this virus is a threat, is a threat to humanity um, and that this thing is spiraling out of control because we did not take the necessary steps uh, the first time with cleanliness, washing hands, making sure utensils are clean, making sure that, you know, we practice safe habits uh and this thing is a result of that Uh, so i think going forward obviously this is going to have a negative effect on the stock market this is going to have a negative effect on the economy but it will bounce back i think right now the focus is safety and health speaking of fallout from the coronavirus a great article by ben kesslin uh, young people are capitalizing on cheap coronavirus flights One young person has stated, if I die, I die. If the coronavirus gets really dangerous, I might as well be somewhere having fun. A California college student uh, was quoted saying, as people around the world have canceled the trips because of fears of new coronavirus, Ashley Hinkle has booked three. Hinkle's 20 is taking advantage of cheap flights to see North America. She lives in California's Central Valley, but this summer she'll be in Vancouver, New York City, and Portland, Oregon. And I, I think this kind of focus and this shift, Why? Uh, is because I think as much as there is fear, a growing sense of fear in uh, a pandemic, an epidemic, a a growing concern of catastrophic or close to catastrophic uh, events trying to um, go away from that, but realizing that that's a real possibility. There's also this balance that if you look at the amount of cases and the actual percentage of fatalities from these cases, is less than the flu, it's less than cancer, it's less than heart disease, it's less than, you know, the things that we have dealt with historically for the last 50 plus years and to, you know, freak out about this one specific thing can be, you know, just the, the word for the day. I think there's a balance there. I don't necessarily accept that model of thinking, but I don't accept the other one, you know, living in a bubble, going to work, you know, with a mask on and basically all saran wrapping or plastic and trying to be as sterile as possible to the point that you can't engage with any human being. Uh, I think that's another extreme. I think the bubble boy is too far left and the other one is or too far right and the other one's too far left. I think there's a healthy medium, a middle ground that I think is safe to walk on and stand on. Uh, that we should take the necessary precautions, but at the same time, we can't stop living life. Obviously, if you feel that you are in danger, if you have suffered in the past from health ailments and you are susceptible to this, if you have a weakened immune system because you're already currently battling certain things within your body, uh, whatever your lot in life may be, I think that's how you approach it. I don't think that you know we should just say, oh, it's the end, let's you know prepare and everybody buckle in. Uh, and at the same time, I don't believe like, you know, whatever, whatever, let's go wild. You know, there's that, you know, sanity portion of it uh, that I think is right in the middle. Like, hey, look, let's just do whatever is necessary to do. But at the same time, keep the ball going forward. Right. Life is not over. And it's great. You know, airfare uh, tickets are down because of that, because travel is down. I was looking at some airfare tickets today uh, to go to Miami, uh, to take my wife for a birthday. And uh, it is extremely low, you know, so, you know, hey, <laughs> not to quote this, you know, I think it's a little uh, callous. There's a quote that says, you know, I believe it's a Shakespearean quote, when there's blood on the street by property, I think that's callous and inhumane. But I do think that sometimes out of these horrific incidents, opportunity creates itself. Uh, so, you know. I think the the focus for society is to keep the ball moving forward, take the necessary steps to prevent this and to make sure that we can come up with a sustainable pattern of existence and life and health. uh, And at the same time, don't be afraid to, you know, go outside for a walk. President Trump is thinking about ending payroll tax. What? Trump has proposed eliminating payroll tax through the end of the year. The president's preferred timeline would ensure that tax cuts last through the entirety of his reelection campaign. That's definitely a political move, right there. Shannon Pettypiece goes on to write that President Trump told lawmakers he wants a payroll tax cut that would last at least through the election to give consumer spending a jolt as the coronavirus threatens to cripple economic growth. So this could just be a retaliatory method or a method or an adverse method against coronavirus to spark the economy again. Uh, The president told Republicans at a closed door lunch Tuesday that he wants a payroll tax rate that drops to zero through the end of the year. According to White House and Senate official, another White House official added that different timelines were discussed. Trump is currently backing Only those that will stretch through at least November or December with some talk of expanding the cuts beyond 2020. I I think my thoughts on this is this is a great counterpunch uh, toward the coronavirus. Here's the pros. This is the pro side to it. It will force companies to hire more because the cost per hire just has dramatically reduced. So if you're taking a payroll tax, uh, what is the count per head? Let's say it's 22%. If you can lower that to zero, that's how much more uh revenue you have. So it definitely will create a jolt uh from institutional practices, and if it's used correctly, can increase employment. The con side is there's no end game to it, A, because is it going to, you know, just be Uh, initiated and executed and implemented throughout the election will it continue if he wins again will it continue as a give back you know like it's i think there's too many questions up in the air and then the other thing is are companies going to hire not only full-time positions but higher wage positions because this is to me great for like retail right like we need a lot of customer service people, we need a lot of this, it's, it's great for mass hiring, but for your higher category jobs, your VP levels and stuff like that, is this really going to impact them more, you know, so I don't know, this is definitely a risky business move, <laughs> it's definitely interesting, I'm interested to see the possibility of this, because that seems like a lot of talk, I've never seen a tax row uh, of zero, payroll tax of zero, that, that is, that is uh, extreme. I've never seen that. Um, but that would be an interesting development. I think one can give a fair assessment in saying that. Is it? It's like, to me, it's just dangerous. I think the long-term effects are dangerous. It's like, um, I think the best way to say it, it's like, I don't want to say steroids, but it's it's literally like almost steroids. Like, we know you'll get stronger and bigger, but the long-term effects of that is what, right? So, uh, this is definitely a bold move. Uh, some of the leading officials, like a professor from Purdue, has admitted that the stimulus tool would not help everyone. If you're not getting paid, that doesn't help, said Purdue, a member of the Banking and Budget Committee. So Purdue is a member of the Banking and Budget Committee, and he said, basically, if you're not employed already and you're not, you know, getting paid, you're not uh, either hireable or whatever the reason is, it would not benefit you, Senate." Sir Roy Blunt, a Republican from Missouri, said the administration is interested in at least looking at both sides of the tax, but the employer and the employee side of the tax for the payroll tax cut, but that he didn't expect any con- congressional action to be immediate. I think the other thing is it takes away funding from the states. They depend on that, you know, corporate tax, right, that payroll tax. And to take that away, yes, it will help larger institutions to mass hire but will it create higher wage jobs? You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like a, it's like a sugar high. That's what it is. It's not sustainable energy in the long term. It will give you the spike and you'll be bouncing off the walls. But, oh, you will crash sooner or later. And to me, it's it's like we're revving up or keep going up this roller coaster. But that drop is coming. So, you know, we have to be leery and make sure that if something like this were to even become plausible, there are precautions at every step of the way to make sure that there is easy reentry back into a similar system that implemented and has the payroll tax feature. So, U.S. jobs reports came out last Friday, February 2020. The U.S. economy added 273,000 jobs with unemployment decreasing back to 3.5%. What does that mean? There are more and more and more jobs. So it is a, it is a candidate's marketplace. The problem is that doesn't mean that the jobs are of higher wage growth. And that doesn't mean that the obstacles to getting higher, hired have been removed. So it's like there's more and more opportunity to swim. However... Has there been enough uh, indicators or enough statistical measures that the pool is deep enough so that you can actually swim in and not just, you know, be whatever, whatever, just in the pool to be in the pool? Is it really sustainable growth creating a or or closing the uh, gap between the haves and the have nots? Or is this more what I would call categories one through three type jobs so you know like the the maintenance the customer service you know which is fine but when you talk about managerial talk about uh vp uh executive type roles are we increasing in that you know or is the push more or has that phase might have the economy might have phased out right is it more the push of the it uh type role so i i I mean i think there's a lot there. A lot to unpack. Obviously, you know, you want to see more and more jobs adding and the you know the unemployment rate decreasing, which means that more and more people are employed. Gainfully employed is the question, or what I would say progressively, I don't like the word gainfully employed because I I think that's uh it, it's a play on words. I I think progressively employed is the better phrase. Uh, so basically the job that they have they can u- utilize that one Stream of income and provide a sustainable and healthy and growing life and lifestyle for them, you know, so they don't have to do that and I Uber or drive Lyft at night. Right. So that's the difference. Um, obviously, the U.S. economy is going in the right way. I want it to sustain. Uh, I, I don't want it to fall off at any point in time, uh, but I think there has to be a shift toward how do we get the money back into the hands of the populace as a whole? How do we raise the standard of living, and then dual-sided, this duality of how do we lower the cost of living? So there's really true uplift, right? And I think that has to be the next uh, wave of focus. All right, that's been another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Connect with me on IGSE, on IG at cvmk 33 Love to engage with you. Love to, you know, uh, talk and just uh, see what you want me to cover. See your thoughts on these topics. It's been interesting, especially the development of economic pressure. Uh did not get into tonight. We'll cover in the next segment uh, the oil war between uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia and how the barrel uh, of oil has dropped to a 30 year low. Uh, and how that's which is great for drivers because it's it's lower like i love chicago i saw gas at 286 i almost you know i wanted to run and scream (laughs) i haven't seen it that low in the city talking about near downtown uh so you know that's a great thing uh but definitely you know this coronavirus and everything has taken its effect and how you know the economy is responding to it is an interesting development but until next time i'm your host cody kelly take care